Pastor David Jones. Welcome to my sermon archives. For more audio sermons, books, blog posts, and other goodies, visit www.pastordavidwentz.com. That's spelled W-E-N-T-Z. And follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. I pray God speaks to you as you listen. Our sermon this morning is how to receive what you need. Our key verse, please repeat after me, Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. And he will give you everything you need. Matthew 6, 8. Matthew 6, 8. There are always things that we need in this life. It seems like uh, there are always requirements. I mean, everybody needs food and shelter and clothes. We need a, a job if we are of an age to be having a job. We need education, we need medical care. We need all of these kinds of things. And people around the world need them. And especially in this time with the coronavirus, especially with the lockdowns, it's sometimes difficult for people to get them. And that's one reason we really appreciate the uh, local volunteers like our own, we can help Shannon County that Jenny has put together. Uh, I am in communication with some uh, pastors and, and people in rural poor areas of Africa, as you know, and some of them say that, that they or their people, they don't stock up food there the way that you do things there. And, and in many places around the world, as you go every day to get uh, to the market, to pick up whatever you can afford to bring back for that day's supper. They don't have refrigeration. They don't have other kinds of things. And so when they get locked down, they didn't either have the money or the opportunity to go out and get more food uh, for the next day. They don't have other kinds of things. We talk about the necessity of washing your hands with soap. Many of these people don't have soap. Many of them don't have fresh water, clean water to wash their hands. But there are all kinds of needs. And yet our, our uh, key verse says that God is going to give us everything we need. So what's going on here? Do we have a contradiction? Well, I don't think so. As you know, I don't believe the Bible contradicts itself or true reality when uh, everything is properly understood. God promises to give, but that promise is based on us knowing how to receive and meeting the conditions to receive. We talked about some of God's promises a few weeks ago, and we pointed out that God's love is unconditional. But his promises 
often have conditions attached to them. Now, I can see already that this is uh, going to wind up as a two-part sermon, probably. I'm going to keep an eye on the time here. But the readings that we had give us two examples of God providing for people in need. And I want to look at several other examples from the Bible and then look at more recent, more modern examples, and then how we do that in our own lives. So our first reading was about Elijah and the widow. But I'm going to read what comes before that. It's from Elijah 17. We heard starting in verse 8 about the widow at Zarephath. And verse 8 starts off, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath. Where was he going from? Well, let's read about that in the first part. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab. Ahab was the king of Israel, and he was a very evil and wicked king. He and his wife Jezebel had led the people of Israel. This is after Israel and Judah split and, and were in civil war north against the south. Uh, after David and Solomon were kings. Elijah, who was from Tishbe and Gilead, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, and he wanted to make clear, he was talking about the real God of Israel, Yahweh or Jehovah, not Baal, whom uh, Ahab served. There will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide. Because Ahab's way of dealing with bad news like that was to shoot the messenger. The Lord said, go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. So God made sure he had food, whatever the ravens could bring. It had to be whatever they could pick up in their beaks and bring to him, and he had to eat, had to be willing to eat food that the ravens brought him. But I can just picture King Ahab and Queen Jezebel sitting out on their veranda having breakfast, and the raven comes down and takes the food right off of their plate and flies over to Elijah uh, because he was not out of uh, distance for a raven to fly, flies over to Elijah and gives him the king's food to sustain him. God was providing Elijah's needs. But after a while, the brook dried up, verse 7 says, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. And that's what leads us to the first reading, where Elijah goes to the widow of Zarephath, says, uh, give me a little water, and then while you're at it, if I could have a piece of bread, that would be really great. And she says, 
I just have the tiniest little bit of flour and oil, and I was going to use it all up for a last meal for my son and myself. But then she says, but I'll give you some. Elijah asked for it. He said, go ahead and give it to me and then eat the rest yourself. And, and she went along with him, and she gave it to him. And because of her faith in the prophet, or just because of her good deeds, and because of her, her uh, good heart, God provided and made sure that she had everything that she needed until the rains came again years later. She would dip in this flower pot, probably kept in an earthenware pot. She would dip into it and pull some out. And the next day she would dip in and get some more. Morning and evening, she would reach in and scoop out enough flour to make some bread for herself and her son and Elijah. And for years, three years, she did that. Well, maybe not three years. The famine lasted three years. And part of that time, Elijah was by the brook, but probably at least a year and a half. She's dipping into this pot, which might have held, what, a gallon or so of flour? And it never ran empty. And the same with the oil. In 2 Kings, Elijah's protege, Elisha, 2 Kings 4, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. If you couldn't pay your debts, they would take members of your family and make them slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Now, you have to understand, some of these jars may have been like those big water jars that Jesus used at the wedding in Cana that held 30 gallons. But her oil was in a flask, a little probably leather flask uh, that, that she could hold in her hand. She kept pouring the oil out of that flask into these jars, all kinds of jars, big jars, little jars, every jar she could borrow until she didn't have any more jars. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what's left over. God multiplied what she had. She didn't have to go out of the house to get something. It was just faith and obedience. I mean, she could have said, that's nuts. 
what, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell all my neighbors? They're going to laugh at me. But she didn't. She did what God's prophet said to do. And God rewarded that obedience and provided everything that she needed. As our key verse says, he'll give you everything you need. In, uh, that was the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus did similar things. We have three sections from Matthew 14 and 15 and 16, the different, three different chapters from Matthew. We heard in the second reading, the, the first, about the feeding of the 5,000. And that's a, a familiar story for all of us. Jesus said, feed all the people. I said, we don't have any food. What do we have? He said, go find out what you have. And one of the other gospels tells us they found a little boy that probably had been so excited playing that he forgot to eat his lunch. And he had uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, it says loaves of bread. They were probably more like dinner rolls. You know, it was enough for, for his lunch that his mom packed him. So maybe it was a little more than one little boy's lunch. But uh, that was all they had. That was all they had. And Jesus uh, took it. He, he prayed. He, he blessed it. He broke it in pieces and started handing out the pieces to the disciples and having them hand them out to the people. And he kept breaking off more pieces and more pieces and more pieces. And by the time he finished breaking up those five loaves and two fish, 5,000 men, not even counting all the women and children. So probably, what, 12, 15,000 people. I mean, that's that would fill to overflowing the Springfield Cardinals baseball stadium. Fed from five dinner rolls and two fish. And the fish had to be, I don't know what kind they were, but they had to be small enough to fit in the little boy's lunchbox or basket. Then we go over to the next chapter in chapter 15 of Matthew. And Jesus, again, has been out in a remote place uh, healing crowds of people. And it says, starting in verse 32, then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. They brought food. They knew they were going, but they didn't know they were going to be there for three days. I don't want to send them away hungry or they'll faint along the way. The disciples replied, same question they had before. Where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? And they replied, seven loaves and a few small fish. Jesus told them all to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. They all ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were 4,000 men who were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. So 5,000 men plus women and children, and then another day, 4,000 men plus women and children. Then Jesus sent the people home, and he got in a boat and crossed over to the region of Magadan. That leads us into chapter 16, 
and uh, skipping the first four verses of 16, it goes on and says, later after they crossed over to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered they'd forgotten to bring any bread. I, I mean, this, this boggles the mind, you know, but they forgot to bring bread. And Jesus is talking to them. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. What's the matter with you? You didn't bring any bread. What might me to bring bread is your, you know, that was your responsibility to get the bread. So they're arguing with each other about bread. Jesus knew what they were saying. So he said, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Do you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of leftovers you picked up or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? Why can't you understand I'm not talking about the bread? So again, I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then at last they understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast and bread, but about the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, some people explain this away, and they say, well, all the people really did have food, and they just saw the example of the little boy, and they were so touched by his generosity at being willing to give away his lunch that they all got theirs out and shared it. And... You know, generosity is a good thing, but that's not the message here. The Bible clearly says there wasn't any more. And the, that last bit where Jesus said, don't you even remember, points out that the multiplying the food in Jesus' mind was a kind of a minor thing. It's just a, a minor thing. It's not a big deal. This stuff didn't just happen in Bible times. John 14, 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. Meaning, I'm going to be with the Father, I will no longer have a monopoly on earth of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send him back to you. He goes on in the next few verses and says that clearly. And with the Holy Spirit, we will do the same things. And that should include provision, miraculous provision, when we are in need. This is where I'm going to pick up next week. But when you're in need, pray this key verse of ours. And when you're not in need, remember, God used the widow to meet Elijah's need. God used other people to meet other needs. So if you are in need, pray and fulfill the conditions. Seek God first and, and uh, live righteously by the power of the Spirit. When you're not in need, keep alert because God might want you to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. Let's say our key verse again. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else.
and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. And he will give you Matthew 6, 8. listening to this sermon, and I pray it blessed you. Again, I'm Pastor David Wentz, and for more audio sermons, books, blog posts, and other goodies, please visit www.pastordavidwentz.com. That's spelled W-E-N-T-Z. And follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. May God bless you as we do Christianity together. See you next time.